Welcome to the Traders Point Church of Christ podcast. Abraham is one of the most well-known biblical figures, even still today. And his life, his relationship with God, and ultimately his faith are all recorded for us in remarkable detail throughout the pages of the Bible. So we're going to take eight weeks to work our way through his story and some of the important lessons that it holds for us today. And we're thankful that you've decided to join us. For more information on the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org. And you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thanks again, and enjoy today's conversation. Well, hello there, and we certainly appreciate you joining us as we uh, study uh, through something new. We've been several weeks of the past couple of months, really, uh, talking about the Sermon on the Mount and working our way through that passage, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Hopefully you're able to study along with us. If not, that should still be available uh, wherever you get to, and listen to uh, any podcast, so you can take a listen to that. But we're going to start something new that we'll, uh, we'll push through over the next several weeks, and uh, it's going to really uh, kind of center around a study of the life of Abraham. It's certainly not going to be comprehensive, every single little thing that happens uh, to Abraham in Scripture, but we're going to pick out a few highlights. Uh, John and I, uh, uh, both uh, evangelists here at Traders Point Church of Christ, this summer we'll plan to do some preaching on Abraham as well, and uh, we thought we'd do uh, some some study through the podcast from his life as well. We're actually going to use uh, Hebrews chapter 11 as a springboard for a few things, and uh, we'll kind of talk about Today, just kind of what leads up to Abraham being introduced to us in Scripture. So after we read from Hebrews chapter 11, uh, we'll be turning immediately back to the book of Genesis where we'll spend uh, the rest of our time here over the next couple of minutes. So uh, Hebrews chapter 11 uh, will kind of be the the start of our idea for uh, Abraham, and then we'll go back to the very, very beginning of your Bibles in Genesis chapter 1 and kind of work our way uh, to when Abraham is actually introduced in Scripture to us there at the very end, very end of Genesis chapter 11. So in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 8, this is what the Hebrew writer has to say about uh, Abraham and Sarah as well. Uh, We're going to read beginning in verse 8 down through verse 19. Uh, the writer says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would afterward receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which is foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, and Isaac your seed shall be called. 
and accounting that God was able to raise them up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So, John, we have here in Hebrews chapter 11, the giving of Abraham uh, in that incredible chapter of by faith. Lots of men and women are included there, but there is a pretty large section there in Hebrews Mm -hmm. chapter 11 given to us of Abraham. And, you know, the reality, if you are familiar with the pages of the Old Testament— he and even into the New Testament, right. certainly he's referenced so many times. I mean, he is a massive, super significant character uh, in the Old Testament, certainly for the Jewish nation. And uh, he's introduced to us, of course, in the book of Genesis, really at the very end, he's introduced, and and then Genesis chapter 12 kind of begins his story. But, you know, next week we'll kind of dive into more of his introduction. But I thought, you know, for a few minutes we could talk, you know, kind of about uh, the part of Genesis leading up to it. There is a massive shift that will take place at the end of chapter 11 that gets Mm -hmm. us to chapter 12 that really holds throughout the entirety then of Mm -hmm. of the Old Testament. So let's go back kind of to the very beginning and talk about 1 through 11 a little bit, what happens there, and then really the contrast from where we get Abraham introduced in chapter 12. Yeah, by the time you get to chapter 12, a lot has happened, obviously. Uh, you go back to chapters 1 and 2, and you see the creation of the world and, and obviously the creation of mankind there. Uh, that's followed by the fall of man as sin enters into the world. And and you begin to see then stories like the Flood and the Tower of Babel, all leading up to chapter 12, or I guess the end of chapter 11, as you mentioned, where Abraham is introduced. And, and you're right, the shift that really takes place is the, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, you obviously get stories about Adam and Eve, you get stories about Noah and his family, you get stories about uh, all the nations at the Tower of Babel, and the the evil that had taken over the world prior to the flood. When you get to chapter 12, from that point on, the Old Testament is centered around one family. And the focus really narrows at that point in the Old Testament as Abraham, who will be the father of the Jewish nation, is really focused in on the promises that, that so famously God made to him in chapter 12 are made, and you begin to see the plan unfold through Abraham as you continue on through the Old Testament. And, and so it is a, a significant shift that takes place. Again, when you're looking at just the pages in your Bible, very, very early on, now a lot of time obviously passed in those first 11 chapters of Genesis, but but Abraham represents a very significant narrowing of focus as we get through the rest of the Old Testament. And as you mentioned, it's going to continue on into the New Testament. The the Israelite people, the Jewish nation, they are going to be the focal point of, of really the entirety of Scripture in a lot of ways until you get to the point in which the gospel is opened up to all. But but they are going to be the, the at the center of God's attention as he lays out the rest of the Old Testament for us. And so it's a really significant change that takes place here in chapter 12. Yeah, you know, to me, when you think about Genesis 1-11, through and then in contrast with what begins in chapter 12, there are really two striking things uh, about that shift that takes place. The the first, you've you've alluded and made mention of both of them. The the first is the time element. I mean, you're talking from Genesis chapter 1 when God creates everything, right? I mean, you start now, as reference of time, it is Mm -hmm. the literal very beginning of time as we as we know it. God himself, certainly not beholden to time as we know it, but time as we know was begun right there by God himself in Genesis chapter 1. And by the time you get to Genesis chapter 12, 
Centuries have passed. I mean, millennia has passed. It has been a massive, massive amount of time. And there have been a massive amount of people who have lived even at this time. And and so you do pick up snippets. It it is, in a lot of ways, the story of mankind at that point. It is as wide as you can put your arms. It is the broadest of looks. And and you do get specific stories, Mm -hmm. as you made mention, certainly Adam and Eve at the very outset. Uh, Cain and Abel, who would you know be on the scene again, a very small amount of people, mm-hmm. you know, at that time. But by the time you get to Noah, you do get a snapshot of him and his family. But I mean, there is a there's a humanity down right. there. There's a massive sure. amount of people, and uh, and certainly we won't dig in, you know, to that story. But you know, you, you think about even at that point where God reduces the mass of humanity mm-hmm. down to literally just Noah and his family. By the time in the very next chapter you're talking about the Tower of Babel, the mass of humanity has right. been built up, right? I mean, so that doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you're talking yeah. just huge, huge pieces of time. Mm-hmm. And again, you're just, you're so huge. And so that is the one, one of the striking things. The other striking thing is how quickly the focus comes down. Yep. It isn't a stair step. It isn't as wide as you can get your arms and kind of gradually working its way down to get to Abraham. It is striking in how quickly that happens. It goes from your focus on all of man and all of mankind immediately down to one family. Mm-hmm. And then it is really that one family that's a focus throughout the rest of the Old Testament. And so, you know, it's interesting. We'll we'll talk about this, I'm sure, more next week. But, you know, we know Abraham comes from the the lineage of Noah. Just, you know, that's not surprising. All all of us do it in some way. But even when he's introduced there, it is generations from, uh, you know, linking back to one of the sons of Noah. And and so it, it is, it's just, it's such a striking thing. And I think it's one of those things that we have to keep in the forefront, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about chapters 1 through 11. Yeah, I think keeping that change of focus in mind and, and recognizing where and when it occurs is actually really important just in the way that we approach Scripture. I think there's a, a, a fallacy at times of looking at Scripture or looking at the Bible as a history book, and you can read it and study it as if it was a history book. But when you think about the shift that takes place and the focus on the Israelite nation that begins to occur, if the Bible was intended to be a history book, it's a really, really bad one. Because there are nations and there are kingdoms in different parts of the world that are never referenced in the Bible. Because they're not a part of God's story that he is telling as he unfolds the pages of Scripture. The, the story that leads from creation through Abraham eventually to Jesus and to the grace that he brings into the world through his gospel, there's a very specific story that God is telling. He is not giving us a book of world history. That was not his intent, and it's very plain to see, and he makes that obvious for us in the ways that he focuses on this Israelite nation that's going to come from Abraham. And so understanding that there is some element, certainly, of history contained throughout the pages of the Bible, but that's not the intent of it, then I think helps us focus in on the stories that are told, the individuals that are focused on, and the application that we're supposed to take from that. We, we can't fall into the trap of, of looking into Scripture to, to frame our view of world history and other nations that may have existed during that time 
allow the Bible to do what God intended for it to do. It is to tell the story of, of God and his relationship with mankind. That's, that's the point of the Bible. And so that's why he takes us through the stories of Adam and Eve and takes us through the story of the Israelite nation that leads us to Jesus. He, he is telling the story uh, of his relationship with man over time and since the fall of man, the desire for that relationship to be restored. And that's what the Bible's about. And so I think this shift that we're talking about is very informative and helpful in the way that we study and read the Bible. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, 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 when you think about, you know, the, the Bible, and you, you're, you have to start asking the, the why, really, mm-hmm. because, you know, when you, you have Adam and Eve and the story of Adam and Eve, well, they were literally the only people on earth yeah. at the time. So right. we get their story, but right, right before we're introduced to Abraham at the end of chapter 11, the beginning of chapter 11, you do have this incredible story of, you know, everybody's living basically in the same place, mm-hmm. and they're they're speaking the same language, and they build the city with a you know with the tower for themselves, and in a lot of ways, and and God comes down and he he makes a change, right? He makes a massive mm-hmm. change, and, and you know sometimes we lose sight about how big of a change really it was. You alluded to it, but I mean it is biblical in what you alluded to in Genesis chapter eleven and verse eight. When the Lord is uh, punishing the people for you know for for their attitudes of pride and selfishness and and not giving God His due and His honor, He says there in verse eight, the Lord scattered them abroad from there. That's where they were in Babel, over the face of all the earth. It's over the face of all the earth, and they cease mm-hmm. be building the city. And so, even biblically, we're told yeah. that they're they're scattered from there, and not just scattered a little bit, you know, in that area of the world, right? And there in the Middle East, and and in that region, they're kind of scattered. They were scattered over the <laughs> all of the earth. God God did that. Yeah. But then, in the literal very next piece of the chapter's not even done, mm-hmm. the whole Bible is now brought into one not just one area of even one nation per se but one family and so you know for us as kind of we close this introduction i think it's important for us to you know kind of ask and then answer you know the question of why you know what would be the purpose why do something like that if it was a history book you're right it would have stayed on that very generalized Mm -hmm. feel of world history and and all of the pieces that unfold but it just isn't the case and now we're pinpointed down to this one family and so the question then becomes why i think it's a really really important question but i think ultimately the answer is pretty simple yeah it comes down to the fact that he is going to lead us down the path to his son coming to earth and and that is the pinnacle of, of everything. Jesus coming is really what was set up when the fall of man occurred in Genesis chapter 3. Everything at that point was looking toward the time in which the Messiah would come to bring about redemption for man and restore the relationship between man and God that was severed in the garden. That's what the entirety of the Bible is about. And so it makes perfect sense when you think about that if that's what the entirety of Scripture is about, God's not going to broadly examine world history. He's going to very narrowly lead us down that path to his son coming. And so that's what this is all about. And so, yes, because of that, 
it should make us very much aware of the reason why God narrows his focus, because he wants us intently focused on this family so that we can watch his plan unfold over the centuries to come that lead us to Christ. Yeah, and I think that focus in the way that it's given to us and how strikingly quick it happens is a singular focus, right? Mm -hmm. Now he is putting us singularly focused on Christ. Yep. Abraham leading, you know, in that direction. And, and I think that in every way is the why. And so, I mean, the why is an important question. There's no question about that. But the answer is there. The answer is Jesus. It becomes the key to everything. And ultimately, Abraham is the beginning of that. And so I think a lot of ways that's why it garners study. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's why in the book of Genesis, really from this point to the very end of the book, will cover the story of his family, but even Abraham himself, there's so much given to him, given to us about him, and uh, and I'm excited over the next several weeks to kind of dive into that. We've made mention of Hebrews chapter 11, the Hebrew writer, he wrote extensively about several things in the life of Abraham, uh, not all even that we're going to cover in this podcast mm -hmm. over the next few weeks, but I'm looking forward to the study, and I hope that as you're studying along with us, that you're looking forward to it as well. Certainly, we'll be talking a lot about Abraham and his life and even applications and principles that we can learn from Abraham about things that he did that were good, things that he did that weren't so good. <laughs> But yet, at the same time, never one time losing focus on why we have the story of Abraham in the first place, because he is the one that gets us to Jesus, which is the focus of the entirety of Scripture. So I'm excited about that. We appreciate you studying along with us today, and we look forward to studying again with you next week.